What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. On today's pod, we are talking all things The Challenge All-Stars, and I mean all things. The season's over, the reunion has officially aired, and we are here to offer our final thoughts, wrap up some loose ends, hand out a couple of awards, and put forward some ideas for future seasons of the show, because obviously there's going to be more seasons of The Challenge All-Stars. How we are going to do this. So obviously... Every other show recapping the season has followed pretty much the exact same format, but trying to recap an entire season works a bit differently. So here's how this is going to work. I figured out that the best way for me to talk to myself for possibly upwards of an hour here about this season of the show was to structure it by asking a series of questions to myself that I will then answer to myself. And hopefully the list of questions I've come to come up with will be able to help me cover all my different thoughts, all the different loose ends that are out there about this show, this season of the All-Stars. So without further ado, we're going to dive on in. There's going to be a bunch of questions. First, a few of them at the end will get more in the awards territory. We'll definitely hand out an MVP of the season, maybe some other awards as well. We'll see how long, uh, how long-winded I get with some of these questions first. So let's go ahead and dive right on in. All right, first question. Any quick thoughts on the reunion? Obviously, the reunion aired today or this morning or whatever, depending on when you're listening to us. It aired on Thursday on Paramount Plus, where all the rest of the season has been. And we won't go too in-depth on it, but a few quick thoughts just about it. We did watch. And with the reunions, you know, every reunion, every season basically has had one since... Man, I don't even know when. They started real, real early with the reunions. Way back, I mean, Battle of the Sexes had one. So in the single-digit seasons, they started them. They've had them ever since. And they're very much hit or miss. I mean, sometimes the reunions are fucking fire. Sometimes we find there's all kinds of behind-the-scenes footage that we had never seen before. You know, I remember uh, one big one is all three seasons of the inferno use the the shit they should have shown type of special and then a reunion and there was so much that they left on the cutting room floor because there was so much awesome stuff going on so some of the reunions are absolutely amazing you know it gets heated there's lots of beef there's this that and the other and then others are just kind of there and don't really you know amount to much other than a little victory lap for whoever won or you know seeing if any relationships that started or continuing off the show, that kind of stuff. This reunion definitely leaned towards the just kind of their category. There wasn't a whole lot. Uh, there wasn't really anything newsworthy that came out of it. Um, the only, the one fun uh, clip that they didn't show previously that came out was early, like one of the first nights they were there, Latarian somehow was eating chips in his sleep, like literally laying on his bed, sleep mask on, middle of the night, and just started grabbing chips out of a bag that he had left on his bed and started eating them in his sleep. I've never seen sleep eating of that nature before. That was kind of hilarious, but that was about the only good, you know, thing we didn't see that was shown. Um, you know, 
a little bit of arguing. It was kind of hard. There was only 10 cast members there. So there was, you know, the very much designated who's going to talk for the people that aren't there. Um, you know, so it kind of leaned towards the, it was just there. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot to comment on. Um, my favorite, my favorite thing of the whole, the whole reunion actually was almost the first line when, uh, Maria Menounos, one of the two hosts, dropped the retired vets returned and they didn't show Darrell's face, but I really wanted them to show Darrell's face and know if he was a bit salty over the, who you call in retired. Like I was just on double agents. Anissa wasn't there to feel the same way, but I bet if she was, she might've felt the same. Uh, but the only real note I have on the reunion, you know, they got to do them. And if it's not going to be that great, it's not going to be that great. And on this shortened season, there wasn't, you know, they probably were pulling everything they could put into the actual show. So makes sense. They don't have a lot of extra material to work with. Only main note is Maria Menounos and Nate Burleson are the co-host and they do a very good job, which is not uh, what typically happens with the reunions. We're not going to name anyone's name that has hosted many of the reunions in the past, but if your name's not Mike the Miz Mizanin, I probably don't think you did all that great of a job. And I want to especially shout out Nate Burleson was potentially the best part of it. His commentary was great. He got made some good jokes, some good jabs, and they had a very good setup where Maria was kind of the host of the show. And Nate was there for just like some commentary and compared, especially when compared to all the other NFL players they have tried to use as hosts in this and other auxiliary challenge settings. He killed it. Um, and kind of squash that reputation of those guys being so bad at this, which most of the ones prior to him have been. Um, however, I say all of that to say this, Devin Simone should have been hosting this. Now, if she was offered it and, uh, she just turned it down, you know, that's her prerogative go her. That's awesome. And yeah, find someone else You're, You got to do one. But if she wasn't offered it, that's a big mistake. Um, you know, from a fan standpoint, I would, uh, even if she was offered it and she turned it down, you know, I'm not going to call it a mistake. Cause again, you know, she gets to live her own life, but, uh, would have loved to see her hosting it. If you aren't aware, Devin former challenger was on a few seasons herself, but has now recently the last couple seasons, double agent and total madness, maybe even one before that, or a few times before that has picked up hosting the after show after each episode of the challenge. She even did some after shows on all stars here and she's fantastic at it. She needs to be in my mind, the official host of all reunions, after shows, auxiliary challenge products. To me, TJ Lavin is the host of the challenge and Devin Simone has cemented herself as the, the, I guess, I don't know what you want to call it, the auxiliary host, but everything that's not the actual competition itself, a reunion, an after show, a live meetup, whatever, she should be hosting it, or at least she should be offered it. And again, you know, let her pick what she wants to do, but hopefully she would want to do a lot of it. She seemed to, you know, she's doing all the after shows. I would think if she was offered, I would assume she probably would have said yes, but maybe not. Who knows? So that's my only really take on the reunion is that the host for once did do a good job. So again, shout out Maria and Nate. But even with that said, I'm still on the Devin or bust train outside of on all auxiliary stuff. So that's question one. We'll move on to our second question, and this is the big one, the most broad one by far, about the Challenge All-Stars. Did it work? It's a big, broad question, but we'll start here. Yes, it absolutely did. It was a blast. I would watch 20 more seasons of this exact same show with no changes made at all. So 
everything else from this point on in the podcast, we're going to talk about some things I'd like change, some people I'd love to see on the show, this, that, and the other. Just know that while I might have a few thoughts on how I would personally enjoy it more subjectively, nothing I say should take away from the fact that, yes, unequivocally, this show worked. It was a hit. I have not looked into, you know, I don't know that they've announced how many people have watched or anything like that. The You know, the kind of tough part of these streaming networks are that we don't always know. And then even when they kind of tell us some numbers, you know, Netflix has kind of become famous for telling us how many millions of people watch something, but we don't know what watched means. Is that one second is that all the way through is that every episode we don't know so i haven't even looked into bothered to look into did a lot of people watch this show or supposedly did a lot of people watch the show it seemed like the online challenge community of fans were all just as invested in this as any other season so that is a big success and it seemed like just by the fact that paramount plus continued to promote it they used it early on as like one probably the main thing they launched the whole platform with um and they kept up with it I know, you know, it's hard to tell with everyone having their own algorithm. When I get on, it's the main thing on the main page, but of course it is because I watch old seasons of the challenge all day long. So, um, but I think that was similar across the board that it was the main marketing thing they were using. So it absolutely worked. We will absolutely be getting a lot of seasons of this show in the future. So I just wanted to start there at the top and say, yes, this show was an absolute blast. I loved every single second of it. And it could be 30 episodes long, 20 more seasons, and I'm going to watch every single one. I'm going to have some thoughts and notes on how I'd maybe like it a little better or uh, things that worked perfectly, but it's all great. I give the entire season an A. You know, We graded every episode the whole way through. I don't know what that average grade would have worked out to. Probably like a B, B plus. Started off with a bunch of A's early on, kind of slipped the later in the season we got. But overall, this season was an A. It worked. Thank you, Godfather Mark Long, for making the movement happen, for getting this out there. Thank you, Buneman Murray, CBS, Paramount, Viacom, whoever all the behind-the-scenes people are that we need to thank. This thing was awesome. So just wanted to set that at the top, set the table with that. And then we'll move on to some more questions. But again, I love this whole thing. I hope you did too. I know if you're listening to this podcast, if you're a fan of the challenge, you at least enjoyed this season of All-Stars. I feel pretty confident in saying that across the board. You might have different notes than me. You definitely probably have some notes. I've got plenty of them. We're about to get to them, but the season did work. All right, let's move in then to question number two. Was All-Stars the right name? All right, a little bit of a tricky one here. Still very broad, but a little bit trickier. Answer, no, but probably yes. Here's why. So this the whole thing, as we all very well know at this point, if you're listening to a recap of the entire season, you're well aware of the whole story of how All-Stars came to be in the first place, but the hashtag we want OGs movement was how it all started. And as I said in my preview pod and a couple of the first episodes, I think that that should have been this straight up should have been the name of the season. It, they could have, I wouldn't even have felt weird or cheesy or corny about it. Literally having the hashtag in the name on the screen. I don't care. Hashtag. We want OGs was the movement. That's what I think the show should have been called. I think it sounds cooler. Um, they already, I mean, Mark long was making merch from the first day he tweeted that. So there's merch out there about it. Um, I guess something about that almost makes it cooler. If you have one of those, we want OG shirts. I don't know. Um, but maybe that could just be, you know, that's still the hashtag out there. That's kind of the branding of the thing, but it's called All-Stars. Who knows? But for me, I would have preferred seeing OGs in the title somehow. Now, 
why I say no, but probably yes. The no is because, you know, I, I wanted OGs in there. I just think it was cooler than All-Stars. It's so kind of generic and boring. But probably yes, because I get why they used All-Stars. When they're thinking of the long-term prospects of the show, it's definitely the right decision, and it's going to pay off for a multitude of reasons. First off, not everyone on the show was an OG, and I think the biggest reason they changed from, you know, I'm sure in those initial meetings, Mark Long was going, you know, I started this We Want OGs movement where it's going to be a a challenge with all OGs, like we're going to call it the challenge OGs or something, Um, and then as they went through it and they realized all right, what's it actually going to be? Who's actually going to be on it? I think they had conversations and switched it for a multitude of reasons. And the biggest one being not everyone on it was an OG. I mean, uh, for starters, Jemmy and John A didn't act, weren't on the challenge until seasons 23 for Jemmy and 21 for John A. So they are in no way OGs as far as, you know, the originals of the show. You know, there's been 36 seasons, so they've been around plenty long enough to have established names and have not been on the show for a few seasons, but they were nowhere near on it, you know, in the single-digit seasons the way a lot of these others were. So not everyone was an OG, but they could brand everyone that was coming back as an all-star. Second thing, it might sound worse, but all-stars, as we talked about in the preview pod has that history from the other shows like Survivor and Big Brother having used it before when they changed formats. And in those shows, again, it was the first season that they ever brought people back. Those shows always were new cast, new cast, full new cast every season until Survivor dropped the All-Stars moniker and brought a bunch of people back for that season. And I'm pretty sure a little less confident because I wasn't, I used to be a big survivor guy. I was watching all the way through when they first started doing all-star seasons. Never really been in on big brother tried recently. Now that I have uh, paramount plus, I was like, Oh, I should watch some big brother. Let's go back and watch like Casey's season or Fessy's season or something. turns out there's like 40 episodes a season and they're all like an hour long. So probably not going to happen. But anyways, So that All-Stars moniker has a bit of a history in the genre of reality competition shows um, as this like alternate format. So that portion of it makes sense. And then third and most important, and definitely the main reason they did it, in tandem with that first one of not everyone was an OG, that's more of a, not even just a reflection of this cast, but the hopefulness that they had of this is going to be a many seasons thing, is that saying All-Stars keeps the door open for just about anyone to be on the show it doesn't mean you had to be some great champion i mean you know yes duffy just won this season and you know he was only on one season ever of the challenge but he had a name from his real world season his one season of the challenge he had still kind of been out there in the world people still talked about him he has that name recognition just because his name's yes whatever he was able to come back and he still could you know feasibly fit the moniker of all-star he could have fit og too so maybe bad example in this exact moment but you get what i'm saying it keeps the door open for anyone it doesn't mean you had to be this great champion it doesn't mean you have to be from a certain time period of the show it basically just means that you had to create a name for yourself and if you did it in one season or 20 season you can count if you have a personality and as we'll talk about in a little bit um uh, we'll, we'll just talk more about this, this kind of portion of it. 
and a little bit on a later question, but it leaves the door open. All stars is the correct answer for the, you know, the history of the show going forward or the future of the show. I should say, got that backwards, but you know, for me personally, I would have loved to see the, we want OGs somehow incorporated, but I'm sure that will live on forever as the kind of calling card, the hashtag of these seasons. So it'll work out for everyone. Um, but all stars, the right name. I don't think so, but also I'm, confident that yes that was the correct decision that they made let's move on to another question compare all-stars to a regular season of the challenge what was better what was missing all right so the challenge we it was a big discussion point all the way through this entire show especially going in and then kind of keeping track throughout the season and definitely then when we hit the final seeing what the final was compared to you know the final that we just saw on double agents or total madness or anything before um, comparing what was this going to be? We had previously had some spinoffs with the chance for stars that were definitely like a super, super watered down version of the challenge. What was this going to be? And, uh, let's just go through a few, a few things with it, um, that were either better or potentially missing from this season. One thing that was better for sure, legitimately better than especially the two most recent seasons of the challenge double agents and total madness although there's some caveats and reasons why but even before those seasons the show had been drifting very far away from the kind of fun vibe party atmosphere and way too heavily into a big brother-esque like all game all strategy all the time all serious and on this season of all stars people had fun and that was refreshing the party atmosphere was there shout out big easy shout out everyone i'm gonna shout we'll talk about big easy and you know introducing the party theme back in a little bit later but shout out to him shout out to the whole crew they actually had fun they actually liked hanging out they actually had some drinks which you don't have to be hammered on this show this is that's not what i'm saying i don't i'm not just saying i just want to see people get drunk but inevitably the drinking kind of leads to what I'm talking about here. The costume parties, the, you know, they start the whole season off with the nineties party. Everyone's all dressed up. They know they probably definitely talked ahead of time, like bring this store stuff for these kinds of parties. You know, they're having a good time at the cocktail hour. It's not all just strategy and game every second of every day. People are having fun and that's fun to watch. There's jokes flying. There's the, you know, Mark with his crown and light necklace, you know, holding court and acting all ridiculous for the camera. It's good stuff. And it's been certainly missing the last couple seasons of the regular show. And again, COVID is a big caveat on that. It's kind of made things harder. They have to do their little bubble bars, but even pre that pretty much since dirty 30 on, They've kind of weeded out some of the people on the show that are going to be those party starters. They've had some of the people like a Johnny Bananas who used to be famous for giving the toast at the beginning of the season in the first big party, the first night they got there. He, you know, he's in a serious relationship now. He's older. He's a little more mature. He has other ways of being, you know, the most popular person on the show or getting the most camera time. So there's a lot of those people that have kind of graduated and are still there for a lot of different reasons. It's not as much of that fun vibe. It's way more just hardcore strategy game only and way more towards the sport side than just than the show sport balance. This season had that balance. That was an awesome thing to see. Um, as far as regular season versus all-stars, what, um, you know, what level of competition was it? We just, so the, the show side, they did great. 
the quotes were great. The interviews were great. The party vibes were great. All that we just said, all that was great. On the sports side, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, it was watered down for sure, but I would say it was probably watered down maybe 20% from a regular challenge um, as far as you know the dailies went, the eliminations went. And I think they absolutely nailed it. I think that's exactly where it should be. I was worried coming in that it was going to be way less than that. That was, you know, of the many big problems with champs versus stars, which I'm, I'm sorry that I've already referenced it twice. This will be the last time on this podcast and hopefully ever. We don't speak about those very much around here at Challenge Historian. But, you know, those ones were like 40 or 30% of a regular challenge season. And that's one of the biggest reasons why those never really worked in any way. Um, so this one, I came in thinking, you know, there's a chance that this is 100%. And I think that would have been wrong because I don't know that people would have survived. Um, but I also thought it would have been wrong if it was like, you know, it's super watered down. It's like 50%. We don't do anything super duper physical. Uh, you know, the final is you know, just a couple puzzles and like a one mile run, whatever it would, you know, that would have been also bad. So I think they nailed it. I would say stacking up one versus the other, you know, double agents, our most recent season versus all stars, I would say is about 20% dumbed down as far as the physicality, the athleticism necessary, all that in the sports side. And that is where they absolutely nailed it. And for me, this is where we referenced earlier, you know, the all-stars, anyone could be on it. It ties in with this. The analogy I've been using all season long, but I haven't actually said on the podcast, so I'll say it now, is that if anyone is a fan of golf out there, I'm a big golf fan myself, the perfect analogy for what the Challenge All-Stars is to me in the world of the Challenge is it's the senior tour. So in the PGA, Professional Golf Association, the uh, at least the men's side, I'm pretty sure the women's is also the exact same setup, but there's the PGA, there's the men's professional golf association where anyone of any age can play and compete at the highest level. It's the highest, you know, tour in the world and it's where the best of the best go. It's, you know, the sport that everyone follows. If you follow golf, that's, you know, the top tier thing that you follow, but then there's the senior tour and the way the senior tour works in the golf world is the moment you turn 50, you are eligible to play on the senior tour and you're allowed to play on both. No one, if you're 45, you can't play on the senior tour. You can only play on the regular tour. And if you're not good enough, you're not good enough and you're not there anymore. But the moment you turn 50, you can play on the senior tour. And if you're still good enough, you can also still play on the regular and you can be in both. You can choose to, I'm not good enough. I can't keep up with these young kids. I'm just going to play on the senior tour, whatever you want. But the senior tour is basically the exact same thing. They have all the same amount of tournaments. The money's more or less the same. The competition is just as fierce, just, you know, it, as far as person to person, but it's just a little bit less good than the regular tour. And there's also this kind of honor system of if you're super good when you turn 50 and you're still competing for titles on the regular tour, you don't go play in the senior tour because it would be a little bit unfair. So, that analogy for me goes exactly to what I think of the Challenge All-Stars one season in and what I think the perfect place for it to be going forward is it's the senior tour of the Challenge. If an Anissa wants to be on both of them, absolutely, go for it. But before you can be on All-Stars, you have to establish yourself as that. There's not like a specific age the way there is in golf, but you know you have to have some sort of resume, you have to have some sort of character, and you have to have been around maybe not that many seasons, but 
you, you can't just be, you know, a 22 year old rookie, you know, Amber B can't just be like, Oh, I won double agents. I'm going to go on all stars now. Maybe, maybe she, she can, maybe, uh, maybe that's the way they're going to go at some point. But I would say, you know, you have to kind of hit a graduation moment where you're now allowed on all stars. But if you would like to still, you know, play with the young bucks on the regular, the regular challenge, go for it. If you want to be on both, if you want to just be on all stars, that's kind of how I look at this. There's the tour and there's the senior tour. There's the challenge and there's all stars and people are going to go back and forth. And eventually, um, we'll talk about it, not on this podcast, but in some other, uh, videos or podcasts down the road, there is going to be some crossover between them. That'll be awesome. But that's kind of how I look at this. Other things comparing a regular season to All-Stars. I've long complained about the length of current seasons of the show. That 15 to 20 seasons, excuse me, 15 to 20 episodes is way, way, way too many. And I will never do that again. Nine episodes was so short and we needed more. And especially since two of those nine were the final. Fuck that. We need more. Um, I know that they had to do this in a condensed way to make it accessible to people to come, but I, it sounds like they legitimately did this in a two week time frame. They kept referencing two weeks. They referenced it again on the reunion. That's too fast. That doesn't leave enough room for enough things. It's gotta be a 21 to 25 day thing. I think the regular challenges, I've, I remember listening to some interviews with Wes and bananas a few times that have referenced that it's always at least a full month, if not more like six to eight weeks sometimes. Um, and you know that they know the schedule going in, but this needs to be 21 to 25 days. It has to be more than seven daily challenges and seven eliminations. Reason being is the coasting thing. Um, not only did we just not get enough of the show, like seven episodes before the final just wasn't enough. I was having so much fun and I wanted a little bit more. The sweet spot for this is definitely 12 episodes is the sweet spot for the challenge. Um, they hit that spot for a little ways they used to do. It ranged all the time. It started the first season with six episodes. Um, you know, it got up to 12, went back to 10, went up to 15, went back to 10. I think the Island was actually only nine episodes, but that was because it was a weird format and not that great of a season. Um, and then, you know, more recently they've kind of ballooned it all the way up to 15 to 18 to 20 one time and the hour and a half run times a little bit long, but I'll take that over the seven any single time. And not just because of the entertainment and to be able to watch more and more episodes, but also for the people actually competing, um, coasting was a storyline at the end of all stars. It was one of the main storylines that came up in the reunion. And I do have some thoughts on that. Um, on the reunion, they, you know, Yasella comes out and says, um, you know, some people coasted, I'm not going to say who, and then she eventually kind of says who, and basically she says it's anyone that didn't go into an elimination, which, you know, is true. It's not, it's not new to all stars. It happens in all the seasons of the challenge. That's why they now have the whole red skull, gold skull twist to make you go into an elimination, but two, two separate thoughts that I hold simultaneously on the coasting thing. First, it is true. If I was in the house and I was going into a bunch of eliminations or whatever, I would definitely, you know, be mad at the people that didn't have to It'd be like, you're coasting. You're not having to do that much in a normal season. No one actually full on coast. There's too much strategy that goes on. There's too many eliminations that go on. There's too many times to get exposed. Um, no one actually coast to a final. They are putting in work, whether it's in eliminations or not on the season of all stars though. However, 
people were actually able to coast. The biggest one I would say is actually, yes, who ended up winning. You know, he earned it by all means. He crushed it in the final. He dominated. Um, and he crushed it in a lot of the daily challenges too. So I don't want to take that away from him. But he was never, I guess he was, maybe he's a bad example. He was at risk the one time at the very end of possibly going into an elimination. But there were some people across the whole season just because there was only seven eliminations and they started with 24 20 of them 22 of them however many it was some people never even had to sweat never even had to think about the idea of going into an elimination um you know a few of them maybe like a Darrell would have never had to think about it until the very end when it was like oh is someone going to pick me as their partner but um to wrap up you know from the reunion itself, Jemmy is the first one called out at coasting, which the other thing about this is she did not coast in any way. She was playing the hardest strategic game of the entire season by far. She was working the room. She was working the alliances, and that is not coasting. That is working your ass off to stay out of elimination and to make the final via that path. There's also the winning daily challenges over and over and over and always having the power path. There's also you know going 3-0 and in eliminations to make it to the finals that path. They're all working hard. None of those are coasting. She was not coasting on this season just that needs to be said but some people certainly did and it wasn't you know it's not their fault and as big easy says in the reunion if i can coast i'm gonna coast because i'm just trying to get to a final and absolutely i'm with them uh but it needs to be a little longer there needs to be more daily challenges more eliminations so that everyone gets a little more involved we get more content just it was just too short final thing then on this very long question that or long answer to a question regular season of the challenge versus all-stars what was better what was missing the thing that was missing the most is the beef um there was strategy there was you know the fun that wasn't really there on some recent seasons of the show um there was good competition the thing that was missing was beef and conflict everyone was so nice and i can't tell if you know we the party vibes aspect that we talked about is, is it a trade-off is everyone's going to be strategizing and talking shit or everyone's going to be getting drunk and having fun. And there's no, there's no middle ground. I would assume there's a middle ground. There definitely used to be. Um, so maybe it's not possible anymore. Maybe it is, but there was no real beef on this whole season. And there was so little that during the reunion, they had to spend one of the longest segments. It was a short 45 minute reunion and probably the longest segment of the whole thing was rehashing the whole Yasela Anissa drama, which since they did, I'm going to too. Um, and sorry, Yasela, you proved yourself this season, be an awesome member of this version of the show. I hope you're back for season two, three, whatever of the show. You did an amazing job. You definitely redeemed yourself from your time on the regular season. You're awesome. I love you. You provided a lot of entertainment. With that said, you're just flat out wrong or trying too hard or both with this whole Anissa betrayed me and she was my best friend and now she's not thing. She goes all in on it on the reunion again of like, I'll take Kendall over Anissa. I'll take anyone else over Anissa. She's not my friend anymore. I can't trust her, this, that, and the other. Um, God bless Derek for standing up for Anissa and saying like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I watch every season of the show. I comment on it and I can tell you right now, Anissa is not a dirty player in any way. She's one of the very few people that's not. She plays a pretty honest game. She is a loyal friend and he gets shut down and you know, takes it well he's like all right i'll shut up but um he was right you were wrong isela uh also shout out to maria Menunos who opens the question about this beef with a so was it really that big of a deal which no it wasn't um no one backstabbed anyone she didn't lie to you they kept 
demanding that she lied to her. She said she was going to vote for this person and she didn't. They never showed the footage in the actual episode and they never showed it on the reunion. They would have showed it on the reunion if it was anything. So uh, that's a very dumb tangent over a dumb storyline that just highlights how little drama and beef between the people there were. And even when it's manufactured, sometimes that's good enough and works. Um, so the one 4 a.m. fight between Katie and Trichelle was, um, you know, it was fun. It was it was funny just when they first flashed up that's 4 a.m., but then it was immediately not funny when you're like, oh, these people are a little older and kind of know a lot about each other and are kind of starting to cut deep and take it a lot more personally than they used to. And uh, it honestly didn't even feel good. So maybe it's just, you know, they're too old, too, too mature. People have, you know, husbands and wives and sons and daughters and all this, that, and the other. And uh, maybe it's just not going to have a place on this version of the show. And that's potentially for the better, but that was the only thing that's missing. That was a super long question. So we're going to end it up there and we are going to get to some more forward thinking, um, questions related to the show. All right. Before we talk about who won the season and maybe some other awards, let's look forward a little bit. Next question. All stars season two is announced. Who do you want to see? This is a big one. Uh, this was the most fun thing coming into the show when it was first a movement was just talking about, you know, seeing all the DMs that Mark would share with this person says they do it. This person would say they're doing we're up to 40, we're up to 50, we're up to 60, all that. Um, it was super fun to think about who would I personally want to see come back. A lot of the people I wanted to see were on this show. I thought they did a great job with the cast of the first season and I thought they really nailed it, especially because they didn't go 100% all out. And who knows whether you know they were trying to or not. This was just who was available, who made it through COVID protocols, whatever. But I think it was smart of them to kind of have a mixture of you know some like all-star all-stars and some all-stars um, in the group and leave a lot of room for season two when it's finally, you know, everyone wants this person to come back and it's not till season three, but then season three gets that little bump and excitement going in because they finally got this person to come back. So who do I want to see? All-Stars season two is announced. There's a link on Twitter or wherever that says All-Stars season two cast. I click on it. Who am I dying to see pop up on my screen? I'll give a top three and then a couple categories. Number one spot, give me Landon. Landon, 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 please, 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 Landon, if you are out there, pick up the phone when Mark Long calls you and agree to come back and do this show. Uh, later on in the summer, a uh, future version of this podcast, we will be discussing Challenge Goats and know that Landon will make an appearance on that. He is the the under-the-radar candidate for one of the, ch- if not, could have been the best challenger ever if he maybe did a few more seasons but Landon was always awesome on this show and he also whether because of his presence or not he was also the three or four seasons he did were all all all-time seasons fantastic seasons and he was a big part of them I gotta get me some Landon also 
if they bring him on, he's going to win hands down. Um, I know I'm over one on my whole, you know, Alton, the greatest athlete ever didn't really live up to my billing coming back on all stars, but Landon Wood, if he's on this, he's going to probably win. So maybe that's why Mark long, maybe doesn't want to bring him back, but I'm pretty sure I saw his name pop up at some point during the, you know, we got 40 people, we got 50 people. Give me Landon. Second one, give me Coral. This one is the most talked about one online. It's the one Mark Long has been asked the most about in interviews and whatnot. She is down to do the show by all accounts, or at least by everything Mark Long has potentially said. It just didn't happen to work out this time because of she's a doula, I believe is what she delivers babies. Um, And so she had obligations. She couldn't come with a little more time and maybe outside of a pandemic, she was going to be more available to do it. So I fully expect that probably season two, but definitely a season of all stars somewhere in the future, we will get to see Coral back. And that is going to be a fantastic day. And the third single person I want to just shout out is Evelyn. I want to see Evelyn back. I want to know if she's still an amazing athlete, if she's still completely vicious and savage, Um, I want to know if she's still wearing a visor. Um, I want to know what she's up to. I want to see her back in a challenge game. She was another lost kind of great that uh, for, you know, she's definitely in the conversation on the female goat side of things and want definitely, you know, no spoilers here, I guess, but a surefire hall of famer in my book when we eventually build the challenge hall of fame here on the challenge historian. But I want to see what Evelyn's up to. I want to see her come back in and kick some ass. And def- she's the one that's most interesting to me from a relationship standpoint. Of uh, She was on a nice range of the show where she was with the like real, real OG OGs, like the Mark Long's early, early day people as well as that next big crop of people, some of which the Bananas and CTs of the world and West. Anissa Durrell are still, you know, on the regular season. So she's right in that wheelhouse of probably knows everyone, maybe did a season with almost everyone that would come back for an all-star season, but had strong relationships, both good and negative. Um, want to see Evelyn back. Then a few category wise, um, if they want to go hardcore into the, like, let's tune this all-stars up to like a full on season of the challenge and go serious athlete department Give me an Emily Schramm, give me a CJ Kogel, give me a Rachel Robinson. Quick background, Emily runs her own gym. She was the greatest, potentially just the hands-down greatest athlete that's been on this show. Certainly the greatest female athlete on this show um, that's ever been on the show when they're on the show. Because Rachel Robinson nowadays is this like amazing trainer. She's like the head Barry's trainer, if you know what Barry's boot camp is. Super big time fitness gym uh, club uh, genre of uh, workout or whatever, but she's like a head trainer in Miami does like everyday Instagram lives. If you're looking for a good workout, follow Rachel Robinson. You'll get a killer workout every single morning with her. I've done a couple of recently myself. They kick my ass. She's still crushing it out there. Um, I want to see Emily back. I want to see Rachel back. And then also CJ Kogel, all time elimination round, uh, hall brawl with Zach back on battle of the seasons two. I call it battle of seasons two. They're both called battle of seasons, whatever the second version of battle of the seasons, but also a big fitness trainer now also vocal on social media that he wants to come back. So that's your serious athlete department. If we could get some real athletes in the room, Emily, CJ, Rachel, bring them back. The, that would be really fun department. Uh, Paula, Tyler, Chet, Abram, those are the first ones I kind of think of um, when I just like, who's going to be really fun in the house? Who would be interesting to see what they're up to now? What kind of vibe they bring nowadays? Paula Walnuts, Tyler, Chet. Chet was always really underrated on this show of 
both on the sports side, legit underrated on the show side, he was always really great. He and Sarah Rice carried that battle of the seasons uh, season that I just referenced was the other than the CJ Zach hall brawl um, that those two really carried that one. And then Abram, what an evolution for him over the, his course of the challenge. He seems to be living a great life now, married, still running his construction company. I'd love to see him back. Then you've got the, it's not going to happen, but oh my God, if it did category, the biggest name out there obviously is the Miz. If Mike Mizanin, the Miz somehow was able to come back and do a full season of all-stars, it would be the greatest thing ever to happen in challenge history. Potentially. Now there is literally 0% chance. He is a massively successful entertainment, uh, you know, persona at this point, he's uh, one of the biggest names in the world of professional wrestling, multi-time champion in that sport. Um, you know, he evolved into that from his time on the challenge, blah, 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 blah. But he also has multiple reality TV shows. He's got other companies on the side. He's doing way, way, way too much in the world of entertainment and television and wrestling and all this other stuff that it's very much known. Uh, Mark Long has talked at length about like, of course I asked the Miz, there was no way he could do it. Um, he has stated it's his goal to get the Miz to come back and either like host a challenge or a reunion or maybe pop up as like a mercenary or something like make an appearance, which that's what I'm going for too. I think it'll happen. I think the Miz loves this show still. He used to host some of the reunions before he was ultra, ultra, ultra famous and successful in the world of wrestling and entertainment, but he's one. The other one in the, oh my God, if it did category would be Theo Vaughn way under the radar. I don't think a lot of challenge fans even realize that this happened. Maybe you aren't as aware of Theo Vaughn as I am. Um, massively successful stand-up comedian and podcaster at this point in life when he was on the challenge back in the day he went by his full last name which was Theo Vonikowski or something sorry Theo um that's why he goes by Theo Vaughn now I'd assume as a stage name um but longer name but was legitimately good on these shows got a couple wins um was always super entertaining and is the other person that's out there that's really went on in the entertainment space there's a lot of people on this show that have went on to very very successful careers in all kinds of spaces um but as far as the entertainment world goes is a very legitimately famous and successful stand-up comedian um who podcasts as well and would probably he killed it back in the day i can't imagine how good he would be coming into that house now and just roasting people left and right and by all accounts is still in good enough shape to compete or whatever. And then finally, the final category of if season two is announced, who do I want to see the one that's the, the three headed monster of CT West bananas. Should they be on it? It's not necessarily, do I want to see them? It's more of a, should they be on it? Um, and going off the whole, you know, this is the senior tour of the challenge. They definitely all qualified as all-stars a long, long time ago. Certainly still now today, they're all still with maybe the exception of bananas, very active on the regular seasons of the show. CT just coming off a win bananas, the win right before him Wes on both those seasons. Um, they all, you know, again, with the caveat of bananas, maybe seems like he's done, but has said in interviews has had Mark long on his, uh, celebrity sleepover show saying maybe he would come on all stars. Um, should they be on it? My answer would be yes, but only one at a time. I think they have too dominant of a personality and too dominant at like kind of running the story of the show being the center of attention, um, no matter how well they're actually doing on the season, being that center of attention that if all three of them came on, it was all-star season two and they're like CT West and bananas are all here. 
it would probably both feel too much like a regular season of the show and it would just be too down. We wouldn't get to spend time with too many other people that are are really coming back into our lives, really kicking up that nostalgia that they're trying to build with this whole thing. So yes, I think they could all be on it. Certainly Um, maybe more of a, you know, season three, four, five, six, whatever, however many seasons this they go once, you know, if bananas really doesn't come back to the regular season of the show and maybe two years down the road, you know, he hasn't been on since total madness. They're on season 41 of the regular show. And he's like, all-star season four, count me in. Let's do it. Same thing with Wes, you know, CT at this point, he's just coming off a win. He's going for bananas crown as goat. He's going to be on the regular one. So I would say if they do it one at a time, great, bring them on in, but not all of them at once. Um, and maybe not super soon, maybe wait for season four or five. Let's get some more times with some of the other OGs. So that's who I would want to see. Second question related to all-star season two, if it's announced, what changes do I want to see to the format or the game? And there's only one that I've, I've got to say, I I guess two, we've talked about one before, make it a little longer, not 14 days, 15 days, whatever you crammed it into. It's got to be 21. It's got to be, it needs to be a 12 episode season. I think all seasons of the challenge should be 12 to 15 regular season should be 15. All stars should be 12 there. Boom. Done. That's exactly what it should be. Take my notes, Bina Murray, but it should be 10 or 12 episodes. It should be 10 or 11 daily challenges and eliminations. Get enough of them that everyone's very much involved, that we get a lot of time with these people. Make sure it's my note on all the seasons of the show. Big purge at the end. The, The one big drawback that they kind of corrected here in the last handful of seasons of the regular show is they got to a point where it would be 16 episodes long, but you know, they'd actually eliminate two to one to two to four people per episode. And, you know, see episodes 12, 13, 14, 15, there'd only be like eight, 10, 12 people left. And there wouldn't be enough personality and the show would continually drop off from episode one to the finale. They started to nail it with the redemption house with the big purge right near the end where the episode right before the finale still had, you know, 16 people involved or something that made it really good. They could still do that have, you know, a full 25 to 30 person cast, make it 12 episodes, make it a 10 or 11 daily challenges and eliminations. So that's one. The second one that we haven't talked about is make it all around all-stars, not just all-stars competing, make the challenges, the all-star challenges as well. We discussed this on one of the last episode recaps, but they kicked off the first episode of the show with pole wrestle as the elimination. It was like, oh, it's on. They're only going to do the best of the best games. They're only going to do the best of the best eliminations. This is going to be awesome. And then they strayed away from it. So, you know, yes, I want to see Mark Long in a hall brawl. If, if he's not in season two, it's a failure. That might be a little bit of stretch. Maybe these people can't, maybe a hall brawl is not very safe at this age. It's not safe for anyone. Let's be honest, but every game, every daily challenge should be a throwback daily challenge to an all-star version of a daily challenge a fan favorite one we all love trivia has got to be there every single time um you know what have you and then the eliminations especially need to just be there should just be a set number there should be six to eight that are like these ones are 
the eliminations, uh, the Hall of Fame All-Star eliminations of the challenge. They're on every season of All-Stars, and then maybe leave two or three slots open on a rotational basis of if we come up with something new, people really like, we do it a second or third time and find the right way to do it on the regular season, we bring it over to All-Stars, and we've got a little bit of a rotation. But it needs to be All-Stars all across the board, not just the players, but the competition. You've got the All-Star host, you've got the All-Star players, give us the all-star competition. All right. We've only got one question left. So quick transition into who won the season. Who won the season? Now, obviously, yes. You know, yes, won the money and he won the title. But did he win the season? Was he the MVP of season one, the challenge all-stars? My answer, no. So, we gave out awards all season long. Every episode, we did an episode MVP, uh, best quote. We graded it, um, you know, a bunch of awards, episode by episode. And we are not going to do all of the awards here. We talked about kind of a grade for the season right at the very top. It was an A, flat out. It's an A. This thing was awesome. I can't wait for season two. Give it to me as soon as you can. If you're going to make this a two-week, you know, sprint of a production or whatever, then let's do it. Let's let's do one next week. Let's do one a month from now. Let's, you know, give me 10 up 10 seasons of all stars, um, in short order, but, um, we're not, so we did a grade. Uh, we're not going to do a best quote. There was a lot of them basically just pick anything. Jemmy said the entire season, that's your best quote. Um, but we are going to do an MVP who won the season. So first it should be said pretty much everyone that was on the show won in, in some fashion. I don't know that there was a single person not named Arissa, um, that didn't, you know, have a good showing that wasn't worthwhile, that we didn't come out of this being, I'm glad that they came back. I'm glad I got to see them on my screen again. I'm glad they got to compete again. And even with Arissa, I only said her cause you know, she quit, but she quit in pretty epic fashion. And she was definitely a, a character while on the show and provided some entertainment. So even she, you know, uh, it sounded like she didn't have the most fun being in the setting. Maybe it wasn't, you know, the communal living thing wasn't for her. Um, but even she, you know, won in a certain right of, you know, I remember who Arissa is again, and I'm going to watch that clip of her quitting a bunch of times in the future. And I'm going to remember that quote of TJ, uh, thanks for nothing. Talk to you. Never, uh, quote as she left. So, Pretty much everyone did win. Um, everyone proved themselves worthy of being brought back, worthy of that all-star moniker. But only five people ended up on my MVP ballot, and we are going to run through all five, five to one. So my MVP ballot, MVP, Challenge All-Star Season 1, number five, I put yes, who did win the entire season. He won the 500K. He's the All-Stars champion. Hats off to our guy, yes, and that's the only reason that he's on the MVP ballot, though. We can't put the actual winner of the show not in the top five winners of the season overall. Um, he was a great presence on the show. He was kind of in the background from time to time, but he definitely he rose to the occasion in multiple daily challenges. He was clearly the smartest person there, um, at least when it came to math, which is important on the challenge. And he definitely dominated that. Uh, you know, came off as just an amazing person. Everyone loved him. He had that amazing quote, the only time he ever had to worry about getting thrown into elimination where he walks into deliberation is like, hey, I don't have alliances. I wake up every morning and I start over a new friendship with every single one of you and I prove myself to you every single day. And 
And somehow everyone bought that because it was true. It's actually not just bullshit words he was spewing to get out of going into elimination. It was true. He was awesome dude. Everyone clearly loves him for good reason. And he won. So he gets the fifth spot on my ballot, um, but doesn't go any higher because uh, there's just a lot of other factors involved. And I don't know that he was as involved in some of the other things that these next four are. So in the fourth spot, my guy, Big Easy, is coming in fourth on my MVP ballot. For a bunch of reasons. First off, he made the final and shut everyone the hell up. At least he better have. We don't need to watch that fucking clip anymore of him back in the day. We need to watch the clip of him winning that elimination to make the final and finishing that final. And honestly, while, yes, he did get, I don't I don't know if he or Anissa got the least amount of points in the end, but he wasn't that far behind in any of the the events. It was, you know, a couple people rose way out to the top and everyone else was kind of jumbled along, getting some wins, getting some seconds, some thirds, some fourths, whatever. He was right there competing with all the rest of them. There are a few things go different and he's, you know, top three or four in that final. He had an awesome season. He definitely brought the party. The biggest we referenced it earlier, kind of accidentally, but Big Easy style still exists. He's still rolling Big Easy style. And he's making sure that everyone around him is having a good time. He was in the center of all the cocktail hours. He had the awesome elimination win. He did really well in a couple of the daily challenges. He won the one daily challenge for his team, the puzzle one where he was the only one that got the puzzle right. All around, great presence. Was one of the ones we were pumped to have back to both just be back in our lives and also earn a little redemption, which he did. Big easy, fourth on my MVP ballot. Number three on the MVP ballot. The biggest surprise of the season for me, for sure, Yasella. If you would have asked me coming in, I tried not to really get into it on the preview pod, but Yasella was definitely the one coming in that had maybe not the least qualifications to be there. She had at least, you know, she'd been on two or three seasons, not the one season a few of the others had, but she would have been the one if you just handed me the roster ahead of time and like, hey, you can scratch someone and replace them. Who is it going to be? I've been like, I don't know why you sell this here. Like, you know, um, she didn't try all that hard, didn't seem to care that much, you know, 15 years ago or whenever it was that she was on her couple of seasons. So what's she doing here? You know, what am I really going to expect from her? And she delivered in spades. I mean, from the opening jump when she falls off the bus, which is still maybe one of the funniest moments of the entire season and one of the best moments as far as how she handles it and just rolls with it. She had great interviews the whole time. She's got the romance with Alton. She gets the big elimination win on a what we find out in the reunion is like a really effed up knee. Like she broke stuff. She tore stuff and still did the final. So hats off to you for that. That is some toughness right there. Um, you know, she was at the center. We, you know, we kind of shit on it earlier, but one of the biggest beefs of the season was her. So at least, you know, while we didn't take her side in that little argument, at least she was trying, <laughs> trying to give us something. Uh, so Yasella crushed it across the board team captain on the first challenge of the season, bringing the quotes, bringing the interviews, bringing the romance, bringing the fun, bringing it in the competitions all across the board. She was not only just the surprise of the season, but she's third on my MVP ballot. And then the top two, um, they really, the person I'm going to say here in second is the MVP in my mind of All-Stars, but with some extenuating circumstances, she loses out 
and ends up on second on my ballot. And I'll explain that in a moment. But number two on the ballot is Jemmy. And Jemmy, we might as well just give a co-MVP award. Um, that'll make more sense when I say who's number one, which is Mark Long. It'll, so there you go. Mark's, Mark's the MVP. But Jemmy should have probably been the MVP. Uh, she's number two on my ballot because she just crushed every single aspect of this show, every single episode. The consistency was there. Both competitively, she was doing pretty well in all of them. Strategically, she was the first and one of the only to be strategic from the opening jump. Every single thing that happened in this show, she had her hands in it. She was the only one that understood to have her hands in it. She leaned on that political and social game when very very few others did. She had the little romance with Nehemiah. She, you know, makes the finals, does well, finishes the final. Everything across the board, if you go back and look at each episode by episode, she won quote of the week almost every single week. And if she didn't, she had one or two or three, I think, one time nominees for it. She was clearly far away the best interview. She had the best kind of lines actually in the show, in the atmosphere of it. She was a big part of the party cocktail hour scenes. She had the fun, you know, Mark's my dad and Beth's my mom type of thing going on everything about it she won this season hands down she reminded everyone why she was so great on the regular seasons of the show and she is the one of everyone on this if there was someone i'd say needs to get back on the regular show um it's honestly probably jemmy because she brings so much great things to the show aspect of it and enough to the sport side of it that it works out so she's number two, and in any other circumstance, she would be the MVP, but there's no one else we can give MVP of the season to other than Mark Long for the simple reason that this season would not exist if it wasn't for Mark Long. He put this together. He started the movement. He followed through. He worked his ass off, made this thing happen, and that alone, he's the MVP just because of that. This doesn't exist without him. And it will only continue to exist with his guidance um, and his presence. But even outside of that, he also was great on the season. He performed really well. He gave great interviews. He gave great quotes. He's been dying to get back on TV clearly and deservedly because he's awesome on television. And he, you know, God bless him for bringing this to us. I hope they do 30 seasons of this All-Stars. I also hope that Mark Long gets his ass back on the regular season of the show. He's the other one along with Jemmy from a competitive standpoint, the the sports standpoint, I am fascinated to know, um, you know, he did, he did pretty well in the final, you know, he held up endurance wise, mostly across the board. He's clearly still got the strength, um, whether they're testing for anything or not. <laughs> um, I'm joking kind of, but I want to see him on the regular season of the show. I want to see him walk in with a bunch of, you know, mid twenties or late twenties, and people and say who the hell is this guy and let him announce I'm the godfather you're only here because I was here first and I want to see what he does in that respect so Mark Long is our MVP of the season and with that that's everything we've got on the challenge all-stars it's in the history books you know we're looking forward to a season two and we hope it comes soon and again I think it's going to come like really really soon like I wouldn't be surprised if I would assume just from a business standpoint or whatever that it sounds like they're filming uh, the season 37 or 38 or whatever, you know, double agents two right now, I would guess for business sake to always keep something on, this could become very much a, there's a regular season of the challenge and the moment's over, we start airing the challenge all-stars so that they can almost every week of the year have challenge content going out there. 
good by me. Either way, get us more All-Stars very soon. But season one, it's in the history book, as is season one of this podcast. And as for this podcast, until the next season of The Challenge starts, we will still be doing a pod every single Thursday. So make sure you're following along. If you're listening on Spotify, hit that follow. If you're on Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe. Because these history books will continue to be filled. Keep them handy. As between seasons of the show, we are going to dive into some challenge history, broader questions and topics, things like uh, new format ideas. I got a lot of pitches that I would love to send out into the world, try to get across to Buna Murray somehow, some way. So we got new ideas for formats and games. We're going to talk the GOAT conversation. We're going to break that down in depth. That's going to be a series of podcasts trying to nail down who is the greatest of all time. What does that even mean? What are versions of that question and who would win different versions? all things GOAT related. We are, as referenced earlier, going to be creating a Hall of Fame very soon, explaining how it'll work, how inductions will go, and then we will start inducting people into that Hall of Fame. We'll cover any casting news, any social media chatter, any major breaking news from cast members out there in their real lives, and a whole lot more. So we're going to have content every single Thursday on this podcast. So please follow, subscribe, rate and review so that you can always be following along with everything, whether we're in season or out of season, we'll be here talking challenge. And for even more content, if you need more than that in your life, head over to YouTube and find our YouTube channel, also just called Challenge Historian, search Challenge Historian, you'll find it, where you can both watch the podcast if you prefer a visual medium or just you know want to see me in my little studio office in the background, go for it. You can watch those. They're all uploaded there just because. But also, you're going to find a lot of additional video content starting either next week or the week after. Every single Monday, there will be a brand new breakdown, all type of content similar to those broad historical questions we just talked about that we're going to kind of cover in the off seasons. We're going to build them out, blow them up in full video breakdowns, clips from the show, all kinds of stylized content over on the YouTube channel. So that'll be start coming every single Monday here in the next few weeks. So follow along there if you're more of a visual person. Some of that will be pulled and used on the podcast feed as well. So you might get to hear it, but you might not. Um, two feeds go in there, podcast and YouTube. And then finally, if you need that challenge content in your life every single day, like me, I do, Make sure you're following us on Instagram. We'll have daily content flowing on that channel, including coming in the next two weeks. We haven't decided on the exact launch date, but it's very soon. A whole different style of recap show called Five Minutes or Less, where we binge OG seasons of the challenge and do super quick recaps of them on Instagram TV. First up is going to be season seven, The Gauntlet, an absolute awesome season, a transitional period for the show. A lot of amazing faces um, and OGs, uh, some of which we mentioned we'd love to see on the All-Stars back on the gauntlet. So that's going to be dropping in a couple weeks. We're going to start doing daily five minutes or less recaps of old shows. So if you ever, now that you got Paramount Plus, if you want to binge some old seasons and follow along with little quick recaps, quick clips, or you just want to watch them and kind of relive some of the old highlights without actually watching the show, that's going to be on Instagram, daily content, fun facts, stats, um, you know, old eliminations, old daily challenges, funny things, just TJ laughing, a video of TJ laughing for 60 minutes or whatever, 60 seconds, excuse me. Um, all that kind of stuff, anything challenge related every day, there's going to be stuff coming out of the Instagram. So follow along there. So you got the Instagram daily, you've got YouTube Monday, you got podcast Thursday, pick and choose what you like, listen to and watch it all. If you want, as for me in this 
current episode of the podcast. That is all for now. It has been an absolutely awesome inaugural season of the Challenge All-Stars and a super fun inaugural season of the Challenge Historian podcast. I look forward to hosting this pod longer than TJ has been hosting the Challenge. I hope you will be listening all along the way with me. For now, I will catch you all next week. We'll be right back.